Jonah. I think we should get started. We should maybe get started. Okay. Hey guys, it's Lavetta. And it's Miriam. And this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. That's right. We, yes. It's so good to see you laugh this week, my friend, because I know you've Thank been going through you. it. I with have. your uh, countrymen and um and we just want to say I, I'm gonna open I'm gonna step aside because again I'm a black woman uh <laughs> I'm not gonna center myself as the young people would say I mean you, you know, could I'd and, be okay with that <laughs> no but seriously I mean we try and entertain people and make them laugh but you know I just want you to know I stand with you I stand with we stand with the people of Israel and we stand with the people of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we yep. don't stand with the terrorist. <laughs> nope. Um, nope. So I just want to give you, you this space and see how you're doing. And yeah, we're here with I'm you. Okay. It's, it's, it's hard. It's been hard. I've, uh, um, I need to get off social media. I mm-hmm. wish you had told me to get off social media, Lavetta. I don't know why telling well, me to get I off social you. media 75 times you thought was enough. <laughs> Yeah, I get it though. It's addictive. Yeah, it's meant to it be is addictive. addictive. Yeah. It is addictive. And because you're scrolling and through, yeah, and then you're like, oh, one more time, one more time, and it's designed and to keep you there for hours. It, it it really is. And in this case, you know, I got I have a lot of family in Israel, so it's yeah. You know, I as far as we know, no one was directly hit, but they're all you know yeah. getting conscripted, and it's 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 really it's really bad. Yeah. So it's terrifying. So that's you know we stay off of social media. Stay off, stay of, social off of social media. media and like PSA, yes. terrorism is bad. Just yes. in all, just that's it's always bad. Always bad. Well, you um, know, like I say, people are dumb, so you have to say it. You know, yeah, terrorism is apparently. bad, and um, and that's that's yeah. how I, we can easily say we stand with the people of Israel. Yeah. who have suffered a horrible attack, a disgusting, the worst attack on Jewish people since the Holocaust. Oh, wow. And uh, the people of Palestine who ha- are now at, at risk. And, yeah, and, and being bombed and already, and because of right. retaliation and, and the regular right. folks. You know, you and I always talk about the regular folks. Like, yeah, exactly. Not the politicians, the regular people. And it's really, so. really important that we separate that. That, that yes. it's Hamas, who is a group, they're their their plan is to get the Jews, all of the Jews, uh, and the people who are under them are stuck, and it's sad, yeah. and our, my heart breaks for all the people. Yeah, peace in the Middle East and chicken grease—is that what they say? Do you know when um, I was? I is that know, what girl. they say? <laughs> girl, no, I, I, don't, I don't know who said that. I heard it somewhere, probably on Family Guy. I, I don't know. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> I'm not blaming Family Guy. I just okay. It's Family so. Guy that did this. I hear you. When no, I no, was no. a child, don't, don't sue us because I love Family Guy. Actually, oh no, don't don't sue us. I love. I've me actually never family seen it, an episode. <gasps> I know. Oh no. Well, this be, is the last episode lines. of our podcast because <laughs> apparently I failed about it. <laughs> no. One of my favorite lines of all time from a comedy is, um, "Tanning is a lifestyle, not just a skin color." Mm. <laughs> by Stewie the baby. I'm like, but you know okay, what? That's that's that funny. Crazy. It has a terrible the, the, impersonation impression. It's terrible. But I yes. mean, I wouldn't know. I really didn't watch the show. It has a talking dog. Of course, I love the show. 
Oh, that's true. Oh, right. And it kind of was on around a time when like Sal and I did not have like good television. Like we were in New York, we had no money. And so Mm. we like, you know, we had like four channels and we were like, we don't need television. That's for other people. And now I watch (laughs) baking shows all day. So, you know, I had like a soul and then it left. I don't know what's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you ever want to laugh over something ridiculous, watch Family Guy. Oh, I do. I do want to do that. Yeah, it is (laughs) ridiculous. It's a baby that I didn't even realize that uh, Stewie's Stewie's a baby. I didn't realize that Stewie's mom didn't that only the dog understands Stewie. It took I I have been watching it for like four seasons. I didn't realize that. Wow. Okay. Only the dog who also talks understands the baby and the baby's always trying to kill its mother because I guess babies are trying to kill their mother. Uh, I mean, they are. That's but that Stewie feels right. has like an old Englishman's <laughs> accent. He's like he sounds Ew, like darling. he's like in his fifties. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh my god. That, okay, that's it funny. Is ridiculous. I love right. it so much. So maybe I can be but, part of the zeitgeist of two thousand seven. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, darling, I think we should get started. Officially. We should get started. Yes. Um, I believe you are first this week. Is so it who's me? your notorious woman? It's you, my friend. Okay. I'm so excited okay. today. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I am going to talk about Gina Davis. Oh, I know. Oh, yes, yes. I don't think I know that much about Ms. Gina Davis. I mean, honestly, Queen like I thought I screen. did know a lot about her, but I was wrong. But now I do. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Okay. So, uh, first of all, I got stuff from Wikipedia and a Vanity Fair article. I just wanted to share that. Um, So, she was born January 21st, 1956 in Wareham, Massachusetts. So, her her mom was a teacher's assistant named Lucille. And her father, uh, William, was a civil engineer and a church deacon. And she also has an older brother named Danforth. Now, Danforth. I love that. They called him yeah. Dan, but like, let's live in Danforth for a minute because I love that name. Yes. Too. Um, and she was actually named Virginia, but uh, they, um, her brother apparently came up with a nickname Gina because her she has an aunt, Virginia. And so Aunt Virginia went by Jenny. So she went by Gina. And, oh, you know, okay. right? That's cute. I like that. So when she was young, she was really interested in music. She learned piano and flute, and she played the organ well enough as a teenager to be the organist at her church in Wareham. Um, like Gina Davis is like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut to the end. She is goals. She's hashtag goals for life. Okay, she was a cheerleader and a cheer captain her senior year of high school. Also, like I want to be her when I grow up. It's getting it's getting a little late. She was a student in Sandviken, Sweden, where she became fluent in Swedish. So her senior year of high school. Now she wanted to study acting at Boston University. I mean, I did too, but uh, she missed the audition during her year in Sweden. So she went to the New England the New England call. It's a I think it's just called New England College, and then transferred to BU. Oh, okay. Now here's a fun fact about Gina Davis. She never actually graduated college but she also never actually told her parents this so no i know right <laughs> and you know what's funny is i thought about it i probably could have done the same thing 
<laughs> because I, <laughs> fun fact, my story, real quick, I did a musical theater program at the end of my college career and I just stayed in New York and I was doing like theater and I got a tiny little tour. And, and then one day my mom calls me and she's like, Oh, you're, she went, your diploma came in the mail. And I literally said, Oh my God, I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, wait, what? And I was like, Oh no, I, I mean, Oh, the graduation diploma arrived. Excellent. <laughs> Good save. So like, Listen, Gina, I hear you. Um, but like if it never showed up, I don't think anyone would have asked questions. Yeah, I don't so, think people for some reason I think when it shows up, you're like, Oh yeah, I actually get an actual physical thing. Like, yeah. Right. So. It was like, Oh, oh, okay. Like all that money and all that work and it's like a piece of paper, it's a little like womp yeah. womp. Yeah. I'm still sharing an apartment with seven people, but okay. Um so her first post-university work was so she was a model for window mannequins at ann taylor and according to an interview she gave what happened was do you remember this kind of craze ish where like which which so you'd have like live people in the window as a mannequin no is that like a new no I was, I mean, I, I vaguely remember this. I think it was like New York, but apparently she was like dressed to the nines, like the Ann Taylor nines one day. And so said, like, asked a coworker, do you dare me to go stand in the window and act like I'm a mannequin? And the guy was like, absolutely, I dare you. Um, and she went in the window and, st- and she said, apparently, like, because people, she caused attention people were coming to the window and then her manager saw her and was like gina get down and then saw all the attention and people coming in he was like wait gina stay where you are and that's that's how she ended up doing it i I mean and also people should know she's six feet tall yes (laughs) yes she again goals okay um so i mean i'm five feet tall so (laughs) maybe five yeah exactly i'm just saying Exactly. Like if you had gone in the, the the window, they may not have stopped because, you know, your average height for a woman. Are you saying I wouldn't have stopped people in the streets for my beauty? They would have stopped for your beauty, but, you know, they would have been like, oh, that's just a lady in the window. Like <laughs> she's five foot three. That is a fact. And I'm five feet tall. Exactly. So oh. <laughs> but it'd be like six foot tall a, woman. No way. That's not a person. <laughs> I mean, even now, a six foot tall woman still gets attention because now people are like, yeah. are you in the WNBA or, you know? Yeah, I know. So I'm like, thank you for asking, but no. Um, unless they are, which is cool. Um, so then she signed with New York's Zoli Modeling Agency. Um, so she's dating. She dated Richard Amolo, December 1977. Um, and they married March 25th, 1981, but then separated and divorced uh, June 1984. So, this is that's who she was with during the time she was cast by director Sidney Pollock in a little film called Tootsie. Remember mm-hmm. that film? 1982. I rewatched it during the pandemic and Did I was you? like, oh my God, it's still good. Yep. I need to rewatch it again. I loved that movie. I probably shouldn't have watched it because 1982. I was it's like not seven good for young mm. people. Uh, like, I think it's definitely one of those like college age. I think I saw it in yeah. college. Like when I did like a, 
Anyway, I won't go into that. But like, yeah, I, I think seven. it's one of those films like <laughs> that I watch. Like, you know how you like there's a criterion, you know, so you watch a whole bunch of films, yep. and I think that was one of them. But I rewatched that, that makes it sense. during the pandemic, and I was like, oh, this actually, you know, there's some stuff that's dated, but her performance she, is really good. She describes her role as quote someone who's going to be in their underwear a lot of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then she got a regular part. Um, in the series, television series Buffalo Bill, uh, the character Wendy Killian, which aired June 1983 to March 1984. She has a writing credit in one of the episodes. Um, the series had 11 Emmy nominations, but was canceled after two seasons. Well, now I want to see it because I bet you yeah. it was really good, right? Yeah, yeah. And then around this time, she was guest starring in all of the big ones, like Knight Rider and Riptide and Family Ties and Remington Steel. Um, she had her own series, Sarah, which lasted 13 episodes, which at the time is like half a season. Now it's like, ooh, that's like a season and a half. 13 episodes. Well, not anymore. Not not after the writer's strike, baby. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. Get them yeah. episodes back up. Yep. I would like to... Like, I'm tired of, like, loving something and then it's over seven episodes later, you know? Yeah. Um. And then, okay, so then she she's... I'm not going to... I will... I won't... I will not manage to name every single thing she's done as an actress. Just know that she's badass and has done a lot. But she was in the horror comedy Transylvania 65000, which I remember coming out in 1986, as a nymphomaniac vampire alongside... Her future husband, Jeff Goldblum. So they met on the set of that show, yeah, of that baby. movie. Mm, Jeff Goldblum. Mm. Yeah, I was not. He still got it. He still listen, got it. I'm still not mad at him. You know what I no, mean? He still like, got it. Yep. I'm a happily married woman. But it's like, <laughs> you know, I just like, if anyone's asking, like, opinion, I'm not upset about his situation. Okay. Um,. <laughs> And apparently he was really nice to her. So they, after they did, they did two movies together, The Fly. Remember The Fly? Yeah. Oh, the Fly Tuck Rats. I couldn't watch that movie because yeah. I, I just couldn't. Um, it was gross, right? Like, I was like, ah! yep. A lot of body uh, horror. Uh, His ear pops off. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. Um, and it did really well, though. Uh, and Earth Girls are easy. I mean, they were both like, genius movies like they did really really well um so they filed for divorce they married in 1987 they filed for divorce in 1990 and she says um to people magazine she said that her marriage to him was quote a magical chapter in my life oh. end quote okay i i guess i am saying a lot of the movies that were like maybe like ones that stuck in my head i'm gonna be totally biased about the situation um because she was in beetlejuice and i can't not talk about beetlejuice beetlejuice <laughs> See, I have my other favorites beetlejuice i, I just other... said it three times in hey a row. no you cannot stop it stop it it's too late stop he's it. right here no. michael keaton what are you doing <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> For the youngins out there, that's that's part of the the movie. Like you can't keep saying his name, you know. You you have to say if you say yeah. it three times in a row, he'll show up. Yeah, he'll show and up. And he was yeah. played by Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, I just here's the thing. Like this is like this is when Gina Davis like started to mean something to me because her 
like love story. I was a child. I was a very young child, but like that was like so romantic. And Beetlejuice is not a romantic movie. So the fact that I translated that as like the most romantic thing that could happen is kind of hilarious. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's why I mentioned it. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we call a sucker. Yeah. Sucker. (laughs) That's me. That's me a hundred percent. Yeah. No, that's me. A hundred and fifty percent of the time. Um, so she was in the accidental tourist where she received an Oscar for best supporting actress. Now, she did a film with Bill Murray in 1990 called Quick Change. She talks about his role in her life um, in her book later. She, she later, she wrote a book. Um, alleged, 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 um, where he was a very toxic human to her. Um yeah, it's uh, like that that he would he was very aggressive with her and 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 is someone who wants to put the co-starring woman like in her place kind of thing. Alleged. That's alleged. Did I say alleged? I hope so. Um Yes you did. Yes you did. Okay. But well, I just want to share that that happened. And then yeah. So Thelma and Louise came out in 1991. Okay. She received her Academy Award nomination. Of Best Actress. Now, 1992, A League of Their Own. Okay, like I've already talked about A League of Their Own on this podcast. Because yes, we can talk about it more. But we're going to talk about it more. Okay. Because she brought to the world and to light women's sports, like which in the 90s was such a powerful thing. I, I, rem- I was a teenager. I was like a young teenager when it came out in 1992. Um, P.S. She won a Best Actress Golden Globe Award, but I saw friends sign up for sports because of this movie. I saw how like beautifully effective it was in women sort of seeing themselves as an athlete, as a potential athlete, even. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so then there's like a lot of movies she did through the '90s. Um, the movie Speechless. 1994, which I definitely loved. Um, And then um, by the mid to late 90s, her career had become less and less uh, noteworthy. Um, People were less inspired to critically acclaim her. And she talks about this time a little bit. Now, she did stuff still. She was still in movies. Um, She was still like speechless. She was nominated for a Golden Globe. but like honestly, she could do anything, and I would nominate her for a Golden Globe. But that's me, okay? Um, it, she did an interview in 2016 with Vulture, and she taught. She says, "Quote: Film roles really did start to dry up when I got into my 40s. If you look at IMDb, up until that age, I made roughly one film a year. In my entire 40s, I made one movie, Stuart Little." I was getting offers, but for nothing media or interesting like in my 30s. I'd been completely ruined and spoiled. I mean, I got to play a ca- pirate captain. I got to do every type of role, even if the movie failed. So That's I a think, movie I love, The Pirate Captain. I love that one and the one with Samuel Jackson. Which um, one was that? Uh, Before Night Falls? 
Oh wow, you like rem- you're like oh, ready. Oh, that that movie's so good with her and Samuel yeah. Jackson. It's so good. I mean, she did so many like iconic movies, and I think it's so interesting that even Gina Davis, who did so many iconic movies in the 80s and the 90s, till the second she got an age wrinkle or half an age wrinkle, I mean, she's still drop dead gorgeous. They were giving her less and less interesting things to do. You know? Yeah, I think, you know, I I know she's talked more about this publicly and then you're going to get a little bit more into that. But I specifically think that this is a really difficult, this is very... um, um, uh, specific to, you know, beautiful women like her, specifically white women, you know, yeah. white women definitely are not allowed to get older, uh, particularly if they're, they're considered hot or, you know, yeah. I think, you know, you know, some actresses like Charlize Theron are smart to kind of start doing a little bit more character stuff. Uh, because she's learned from the experiences of people like Gina Davis who came before her and laid the groundwork for her to have uh, for six foot tall, you know, femme fatales. Right. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's like they p- start to punish women for for yes. just surviving past 40. It's like, right. it's crazy. Yeah. And it's, and there wasn't, I think there's a greater sense now of, of women when they are a certain age, they can do amazing things. Look at Kate Winslet in um, Mayor of Easttown, right? And she was lauded for going there and being her, like, I think, I don't know. No, I and I will say her. that is television. I think that is why, yeah. I think because of the experiences of, of, of uh, stars like Gina Davis um, in the 80s and the 90s, uh, you know, um, actresses who are now getting t- into their 40s um, and 50s, you know, they, they're they like, oh, it's, it's easy. And also it's more acceptable to pivot, you know, to be fair right. when she was coming up. Once you start doing films, there used to be a big delineation between TV actors, movie actors, mm-hmm. stage actors, Yep, you know, and they didn't crisscross, but smart actors would always, particularly if they came from one medium, would go back and forth. But I, I think it's probably not until like 2000, mid 2000s or 2010s that it actually became a little bit more acceptable to go back and forth. And then when Oscar winners started doing television and then being able to go back to movies, because uh, actors just want to yeah. act. That's, they just want to well, work. Do you know what do I think? Stuff. We can go on for days, but I feel like Breaking Bad changed the narrative. I that feel changed like changed the narrative. Yeah, Mad Men maybe like because it, they were so popular and so good that and, that and things like also um, I'm thinking of uh, what's the one with um, Glenn Close? Oh, I loved it so much. She's the lawyer. I didn't watch it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, it's so good. And then like Ted Danson shows, like her work in that, like people, when big stars like that started doing uh, television, even if they're limited series um, and started getting critical acclaim. Right. (laughs) Then it's like, okay. I I think it became more acceptable within the industry because you were at the mercy of producers, but also agents and managers. And like, and they used to tell actors like Gina Davis, once you do movies, you're not going back to television. That's a downgrade, you know? But yeah. yeah. But go ahead. It's interesting. So she, so she, okay. So she also like, Married a man, Rennie Harlan, who's a director, September 1993. So she teamed up with him for two movies, Cutthroat Island and The Long Kiss Goodnight, 95 and 96. Oh, that's what, Long Kiss Goodnight. That's, I wondered I, about I that. Say that. Yeah, that's you what I did. You did it. You said something else. 
Yeah, thing. yeah, that's the one I love. That's the one I love. That um, one so much. I love that one too. It didn't so do great, um, but it was so good. And they were I, the idea was to make her an action star. And I'm like, yeah. you could have kept going. I would have watched that all day. Me too. Um. So what happened was they did those movies, um, and then in 1998 she divorced him and took two years off to she says to reflect on her career. Okay, you um, cut out a little bit. You said in 1990 when? 1998. 1998. She, okay. She divorced him. Now, I was like, did I hit mute again? No, I didn't. So what happened was she filed for divorce on August 26, 1997, a day after her personal assistant gave birth to a child fathered by her then husband. Shut up. I know, right? What? You have Gina Davis. Okay, wait a minute. Follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Is he still alive? Is he still with uh, us? You, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pray for his soul right now. That's what I'm going to do. Okay? Because... You are mm-hmm. fucking kidding yeah, me. That's right. Dude. You had Gina Davis. You had like, one job. Keep you your dick in your pants. Mm-hmm. Zip it up. <laughs> nope. Oh, my Lord. Couldn't do it. My God. So then she dated 1998. Um, Iranian-American cranial facial plastic surgeon. Say that three times fast. I don't want to mess his name up. Reza Jarahi. Reza or Reza? I think Reza. Uh, married him Okay, allegedly married him on September 1st, 2001. Okay. Um, they have three kids, uh, a daughter born April 2002 and fraternal twin sons born May 2004. Twin moms unite. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then apparently in May 2018, he filed for divorce. Um, that's a 17-year marriage. And she responded by saying that they were actually never legally married, but they did get a finalized divorce December 2021. You know what I think happened? What? I think they had an accidental common law marriage. I think in her head, she's like, yeah, I don't really want to marry you, but I'll, I'll live I'll live life with you. But then I think there's like common law. That's my guess, because she was like, we weren't legally married, but then they did divorce. So that makes sense. No, but if if how do you get a divorce if you're not legally married? I'm confused. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I bet you other people know though. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um so then she played our president commander in chief in the show Commander in Chief. That's right, baby. Um, and it's so good. Yes, and it, it was canceled after its first season, and I know why. And it's because we still can't even pretend to have a female president. <laughs> we can't even pretend. <laughs> even if it's Gina Davis. Oh, my God. Okay. You know how bad Sorry. sexism is? That yeah, sexism um, mm-hmm. is so bad that even racist white men, in their <laughs> mind's eye, yeah, could be like a black man who I think is, you know, inherently yeah. beneath me. It's still smarter and more yeah. uh, um, capable uh, capable of having the vote mm. than mm-hmm. my mother or my daughter, who, yeah, even though in theory that didn't, I mm-hmm. mean, in theory that is possible, but that is how ingrained sexism yeah. is, even in white men. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I mean, really, like, like they, 
We couldn't even have a show about it. Jesus. Yeah. It's just guys. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, we love some of them. Not all. We know. I mean, that's given, yeah. but a lot of them got some issues. Yeah. Like, man. They can't even, they can't even fathom a pretend female American yeah. president. P.S. <laughs> she was nominated for an Emmy and a SAG award for outstanding female actor in a drama series. She was awarded in 2006 a woman in film lucy award but like still we can't keep this show on Mm-mm, no we might get no. we might give people ideas yeah okay so so in 2004 she was watching a children's television program or several children's television programs with her daughter and she noticed that there was an imbalance in the ratio of male to female actors and characters i should say right So she went on to sponsor the largest ever research project on gender in children's entertainment, resulting in four discrete studies, including one on children's television at the Annenberg School for Communication at USC. The study, which was directed by Stacey Smith, showed that there were nearly three male characters to every female one in the nearly 400 GPG, PG-13 and R-rated movies analyzed. In 2005, she teamed up with a nonprofit group, Dads and Daughters, to launch a venture dedicated to balancing the number of male and female characters in children's television and movie program. Uh, Movie programming, I should say. So, 2007, I love her so much. She launched the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media which works collaboratively with the entertainment industry to increase the presence of female characters in media aimed at children and to reduce the inequality in Hollywood and the stereotyping of females by the male-dominated industry. For her work in this field, she received an honorary doctor of fine arts degree from Bates College in May 2009 and an honorary Oscar, the Academy's Jean Herschelt Humanitarian Award in 2019. Listen, Boom. Gina Davis, Levetta Cannon, and Miriam Littner-Brynick are all trying to do the same thing. I really just, <laughs> yeah. I really just wanted to put my name in the same sentence as her name, so I did that. But yeah. like she, and, yeah, yeah, go on. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, no. like, because we all suspected that that was the case, but to actually get the numbers and to see it on paper and then present it to people so they can be like, huh, we thought and, there was an imbalance, like where it, this prejudice and, and uh, you know, unconscious bias against women comes from. And there it is in black and white in numbers, you know, like, you can see exactly it. like it is a scientific study. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a he said, she said. It's not like, well, I feel this and I feel that. It's a scientific study. Yeah. And and yeah, and that and I, I, I had the uh, the fortune of, of going to uh, like a I think it was like a Writers Guild Foundation or something where she presented, uh, you know, one of her uh, some of this material from her institute. And and my mind was blown because it's yes. worse than we thought. Like when you get into yes. the numbers, like yes. what? Like what you just said, like three to one, like what women make up half of the population. I mean, like what are no, you talking so about? True. Let me tell you. So I first, I don't know why it took so long to talk about her. There is a documentary that I saw kind of when it was out or maybe later. I don't remember. It's called This Changes Everything. Yeah. You, you guys, 
watch this documentary because you thought it was bad and it's worse. It was worse. And she really is stepping in and changing the narrative. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. is doing the work and like, like, uh, listen, Gina Davis is saving the world. I don't think that's like a big statement to make. I think that's just reasonable. Because yeah. she's um, helping to change the mindset. I'm sure it's been like, yes, uh, like pulling teeth in Hollywood, which shapes culture and mindsets of our of the American and global public, uh, you know, watching it really does it audience. Really does. It really, really does. So she's doing um, she's doing the real work that uh, can have real uh, life, real life consequences and change in, yeah. in a positive way. So love her so much. So she also is one of a handful of celebrities in 2011 attached to US aid and ad councils, FWD campaign and awareness uh, that um, initiative tied to that year's East Africa drought. She launched the annual film festival that's still going on in Bentonville, Arkansas to highlight diversity in film, um, accepting films that prominently feature minorities and women in the cast and the crew. It's still going strong. I now have friends who are in the business. They're like, oh, I have to go to Arkansas. I'm like, who has to go to Arkansas? Oh, yeah, Bentonville. Okay. <laughs> um, she's also a huge supporter, no surprise, of the Women's Sports Foundation and an advocate for Title IX, right? Title IX, which was the Congress equality passed uh, in the 70s for equality in sports. Um, And now she's working on expanding it to prohibit gender discrimination in American educational institutions. She is doing the work. Yes, indeed. By the way, did you know that she was one of 300 women who vied for a semifinals berth in the U.S. Olympic archery team to participate in the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney? Now, she, she placed 24th. But she wasn't, she didn't qualify for the team, but she participated as a wildcard entry. Okay. And she'd only been doing it for two years. I'm just saying she can do no wrong. Wow. Okay. Yes. And that, that is, Jean. she's still doing movies, by the way. She's got another movie coming yes. out. Oh yeah. She's still around. Like it, it's weird when we do, we have subjects who are still alive. <laughs> like, I know. You know? <laughs> it's like, but, yeah, you can go and look all this up and like, and actually see them live. <laughs> If you could see them live and you could learn some of this, much of this, I don't remember. The documentary is out there for you. Um, But I just, I love what she does. And I feel like what she does so a lot, like every time I read about what she does, I'm like, yes, that's what, that's what you and I are trying to do too. You know, like change the narrative. It's so important. Also, it makes you go, oh, That's why I wasn't interested in some of those movies that all, you know, because they weren't talking to me because I'm a girl. They really just weren't. They didn't care, you know? So anyways, I love her. I love her. You and me both. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, You're welcome. And I, I apologies. I'm in, I'm still in Florida with my grandparents and old people really, really talk really loud. I don't know why, but, um, yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> listen, so, special, special guest star this week. It's fine. It's yes. Fine. But thank you so much. Gina Davis rocks. We all know that. Um, and we hope you guys know that. And again, look up some of those movies, uh, look up her filmography because, uh, she is a bona fide star, movie star. So. She really is. 
Mm, um, I love her. Now, from movie star okay. to uh, bandit. Uh, what I love Girl. about this podcast. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> what I love about this podcast, honestly, is that because of the nature of sexism and, you know, um, uh, misogyny, literally a woman could be considered notorious for doing really, really great stuff like Gina Davis or doing some uh, mm-hmm. some great stuff, but mm, some murdering. Um, right. Yeah. On the other hand, but uh, you, you said bandit. I heard yes. bandit. Okay. So that brings me to my notorious woman this week, uh, which is Fulan Devi. Do you know who that is? That sounds really familiar. Maybe. Go on. Go okay. on. Fulan Devi is now some of my sources today comes from, oh, I did not write it down, but I can find it. It's okay. Uh, no. It's from like, the world at large. So some of the, uh, so uh, some of my sources today obviously comes from uh, Google, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like saying the room, uh, comes from uh an Atlantic article, Atlantic.com article by Mary Ann Weaver, um, a, um, an India Today uh, article um, from 2015 uh, and various YouTube uh, channels, among others. But um, okay. so but she is this is going to be really interesting. So Fulan Devi was born uh, Mula uh, was born to Mula and Devedine Devi. OK, I'm sure I butchered that on August 10th, 1963. In the okay. village of Gorhakapura in the Jalan district of India. Um, now, she was born in a region full of gorges and ravines, so it was suitable for a bunch of bandits. Basically, bandits are gangs, like countryside okay. gangs uh, okay. that roam free and harass locals. Um, now, because her family was uh, poor and from the Mullah subcaste, which was the Mullah are so in India, I don't really quite understand caste systems. It's like, so it's not only like just um, like um, a caste of like edu- uh, financial caste systems, but also caste tend to specialize in one kind of a thing. So the Mullah caste oh, okay. uh, are traditionally fishermen. Oh, I didn't. And I so did not another know that. caste okay. would be like a herdsman you know, or something like that. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, so she's from the Mula caste, which again are traditionally fishermen. Um, but they were also very poor because it tends to be a lower, it's a lower caste also. And they tend to be rural. And so to, uh, to support their fishing, um, their fishing, they would often make, uh, this is how poor they were. were so okay. they would make dung cakes, poop cakes to burn as fuel to oh. grow chickpeas, sunflowers, and pearl millet to accompany okay. the fish. Is that like so, safe? Okay. Probably. Well, I, yeah, it's probably I mean, thousands it. of years of, of like, yeah. but they're like, they're like basically like poor country people okay. who are like, uh, who've been probably in this cast. The thing about, I think, I think again, I'm a Western, ignorant Westerner that unfortunately the caste system is pretty rigid in India. So how in America we like to be like, like you can literally just, you know, within one generation, the next generation can prosper and be like, right. skip like two or three uh, financial um, classes within like, like I said, right. 20, 30 year 
time period. So like your children could literally be like rich doctors or like upper class if you were like working class. Right. Um, and so but because it, we don't really I mean, there is that unconscious and unspoken rule of like, you know, some people in our country want to want to solidify and codify this thing. Um, but the whole point of America is that, you know, if you take advantage of the opportunities with a lot of help, a lot of luck that mm-hmm. you can like break out, you don't have to be the same in the same position that your parents were in. Right. That's but the idea. Of, yeah, least. that's the idea. I don't yeah. know if it always works out that way. I don't but know if it always works out that way. It doesn't but always it's, good. And it's, it's not a nice that idea. simple. Yeah. yeah, it's not nope. that simple. But in America, the idea is that everyone should have access to public school education, right? whether they have money or not, right? But some exactly. states and some uh, politicians want to change that, and they don't like that that's true. Nope. So, um, Right, which is problematic. And we could go on for days, but... <laughs> yeah, but back to Fulan. So, so yeah. Fulan Devi, so she had four sisters and one brother. Now, her father, Davidin, had one brother, Biharilal. And so his, his, basically her uncle was the worst and he was the okay. worst and her cousin, Mayandan was even, was just as bad. So okay. they basically, so this is a poor family in general. So I'm, sh- I'm assuming that if, if you're doing better than uh, somebody in the, in the village, you're only doing marginally better compared to the outside world, but you're still doing better. And a lot of times with poor people all their wealth is in their land, right? And in the animals right. that they own, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So her uncle, Baharilal, and her cousin, Mayadin, they basically stole the father, stole the land, her father's land, which was probably given to him by his father, uh, by bribing village leaders to change the land records so her family um, were compelled to, to be pushed off their land and to live in a what? small house on the edge of the village. He did this to his own brother. Wow, what a dick. Yeah. So Jesus. despite swindling his brother out of his land, the uncle and son continued to also harass her family and to steal their crops. What? Basically, they just wanted to pushed them out of the village completely. So this is like local politics. It's like, imagine you live in a small town and your brother is your biggest hater. Your Listen, brother is your biggest That is hater. what my children call a bully. Thank you very much. Bully. I mean, sometimes it's in the family. That's when people are like, it's my family. I'm like, no, sometimes your family. Yeah, you gotta Sometimes earn you family. Get- I'm sorry. Even family's gotta earn family, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Fulan, by all accounts, was always a very spirited, willful young woman, which, again, she's a young woman from a low caste with right. no money. So yeah, in India tough. in the 60s and, in, uh, and by this time in the 70s. So but at the age of 11, she decided to to protest this injustice against her father um, and the disputed land. So along with her older sister, Rakmini, she sat in a field in Asia. They basically they had a uh, sit in. So oh, sat in a I field love it. They, yes. Yeah. And set in the chickpeas that were growing. Um, in her uncle, which really is their land, but their uncle and her cousin swindled them out. So they're right. off in like some, yeah. And to she, she and her sister sat there and ate chickpeas. Yes, uh, delicious. In protest. So okay. her cousin ordered her to leave. When she didn't, he beat her unconscious. What? Yeah. So she's 11. She's 11. On top of it, the village leader then decreed that her parents should also be beaten. What? Okay, you know what? This motherfucker has to go. Okay. Yeah. 
Now, as late as 2018, Fulon Devi's mother told the Asian Age that uh, Asian Age um, website that she was still fighting to regain the land which had been stolen from her family. Really? Yeah. Now, following this beating, um, Fulon's parents became very concerned for her safety. And so they arranged for her to marry. So she's 11. At 11? Yeah. So she was married off to a much older man in his 30s. Uh Uh-uh. A man by the name of Putilal, Putilal, who offered like, he offered basically a meager kind of offering for this 11-year-old child that he was going to rape and then forced Mm -hmm. to... Yeah. Now, according to the version um, that she told later on to her biographer, Mala Sen, it was agreed that because she was so young, because even by the standards, her parents like she's very young. But it's it's one of those things that we were talking about recently, um, where if another man knows another man sniffing around, he'll back off. Right. So it seems like they were just trying to be like, oh, she's promised to this man so any, her cousin would be in fear of retaliation because basically she was becoming her husband's property, oh, right? Okay, right. So, but, so the agreement yeah. was, according to Fulan, as she's told to her biographer, that because she was only 11, um, Butia, no, I'm sorry. Uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Putilal. Putilal was to wait three years. So basically they're married, but not living together. So the ripe old age of 14. The ripe old age of 14. Um, He was supposed to come back and get her then. But less than three months later, he came back and took her away. I want to chop his balls off. An 11 year old girl. Now she refused to have sex with him because yes, because she's 11. She's 11 and he's ill, an old man in his thirties. But she also felt ill. So, I mean, she's useless now. I can't have sex with her. And she felt ill. And apparently Mm. she felt ill with measles because she's 11. Because children's diseases happen when they're children. Okay. Yes. Now, though she was ill, um, she the fact that a wife would leave her husband <laughs> became scandalous. This, this these people cannot catch a break. What? So her parents feared disgrace. So because of that, her cousin, ever sniffing around, don't trust this motherfucker, Mm-mm. offered to uh to talk it over with the 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 uh the husband who's mad that she got sick and wouldn't have sex with them. He needs um, to die in a fire. I'll say it. Okay. So he so the cousin's like, Well, I I'll talk to him for you as long as you sign this document. Oh, Jesus. And the family were, so her parents were, you know, illiterate. And they were like, because mm, other people were like, no, he's trying to get you to sign over the land. And they're like, no, we're not signing it. So that that wasn't going to work. So Debbie's mother uh, sent her to a distant village in Tioga. Where Should she have met. done that before you married her off. All right. Sorry. You go know, on. they're trying to be good people. And, you know, again, they're illiterate and like, they're just, yeah. So, okay. Um, so she sent um, uh, her to live with a, f- a cousin who was recently married so she could basically sort of be like a um, um, like just to look after her. Right. A and ward. the cousin she was their ward. Yeah. yeah. Now, the the cousin Kailash apparently sort of like was like an errand person for the local like um, um gang like just you know these people aren't they don't go to office jobs they don't have uber to work for they're just trying to make a living 
So they're they're uh, if you either grow your stuff, catch your stuff, or you find ways to get cash, right? Right. Um, right. So she so while there, she was uh, ordered back because apparently she met this guy and she started having an affair. So the guy's Wait, wife. She's like eleven or twelve. She's or twelve at this point. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know when she, you get married off, he's. I know. So yeah. the wife of the guy was like, no, you need to get a, the hell out of town. So she went back to her village okay. uh, where now she's back in the village where, again, the uncle and the, the cousin are trying are harassing her family. Right. Um, where the second son of the village leader became infatuated with her because in misogyny, if mm. any man decides that you're his, he feels like yeah. he has a right to you. Yep. So he liked her, but she didn't return his affection. So he attacked her. Well, so yeah. So she, she cannot needed, catch a break. Okay. No, she can't catch a break. And it gets worse. So again, she needed to leave the village, but where to go? Like, she can't be, she's not protected there. Her asshole husband, um, she's not really sure she wants to go back to there. And he said he wouldn't take her back. But around this time, he said he would take it back. And according to the cousin, he finally pressured uh, the the husband, Putilal, to take her back. Okay. So in the meantime, he had taken another wife. So technically, well, that's she's the first she just, wife. Like, hang out, you know. But technically, she'd be the first wife, but she was treated as a second wife. So the first wife mistreated her. Oh, God. Yeah. Why? Eventually. Now, Putilal is an idiot and an asshole because yeah. he tried to marry an 11 year old. Right. Exactly. So now with the second wife there, eventually they she went back and she lived with him for several years. But he eventually abandoned her beside a river. Jesus. He just, he just abandoned her. He's so, like the worst of humanity, honestly. Like his picture is next to the concept in the book of the worst of humanity. That's his picture. He's right? the worst. He's right. The worst. I have to write yeah. this book, but I'm going to use his picture. Okay, go on. Yeah, I understand. So he, so he abandoned her. And okay. in January of 1979, so now we're what? She's 16. She's lived okay. a whole lifetime. She's 16. Yes, she has. Yeah. Her cousin finally, her cousin her, her un- and her um, uncle finally destroyed the family's crops and began to chop down a tree in their on their land. Jesus. When she, so Fulon fought back again. And even though she had, he had beaten her before, her cousin, she still is very willful and very fiery. Good. So she started, she threw stones at him, hit him in the face and was arrested <laughs> by the local police. Oh my t- God. Who imprisoned her for a month. Wow. Yeah. She yeah, said that later on, her cousin said that she had robbed him. And <sighs> while she was in custody for this month, she was repeatedly beaten and raped. Oof. Now, later that year in July, Jesus. a gang of bandits led by a man by Bab- Babu Gujar kidnapped her from her family's home and raped her repeatedly as well. God damn it. Um, he was of a higher caste. So that's another thing that's going on here. They think that these women are nothing. Yeah. So his yeah. second in command, a man by the name of Vikram Mala, who was from the same caste system as her, he didn't like the way that they were mistreating her also because he just wasn't an asshole and a creep. Um, so in an act of valor, he killed Guchar and became leader of the gang. Wow. 
So he and Oof. Fulan, then he trained Fulan to use a fire, a rifle and to, to protect herself, basically. Okay. And so she eventually, I mean, going back and forth to husband, like her husband abandoned her. She goes back to the village. There's issues there. She's like, I'm going to join this gang. You say know less, what? motherfucker. Say less. You, Let's do this. You know what? Join yeah. that fucking gang. You know what, girl? Get a firearm. I'm good with that. Go yeah. ahead. So yeah. she became a bandit. <laughs> yes, so, she did. That, you know what? That makes sense to me. Yeah. I like it. Now, over the following year, she and the gang robbed trains and vehicles and looted higher caste villages. So they're kind of okay. like Robin Hood for the yeah, lower caste. I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> so and sometimes they disguise themselves using uh, police uniforms um, and all kinds of disguises. But eventually she and Vikram fell in love. Oh, um, and Ooh, the gang lived in the yeah, and the gang they lived out. Bandits tend to live out in the, in you know wherever they can find shelter, right? Um, but secretly, she was in search of that asshole husband, Putulov. Uh, okay, so Go she on. was seeking him out, which she yeah. eventually found and punished. <gasps> oh my God! Tell it, tell it, but slowly. Yeah, actually, it just says that she killed that motherfucker. So, uh, oh, you know what? Now. I like because it because of now during this to time. Die. Oh yeah, totally. I, I, that's why I'm just skipping over it because good, good. Now, yeah. as news of Peace. her ex- exploits, so is this this woman bandit from lower caste is being spread. She became wildly popular with the poor um, and with, um, is particularly within her caste system, but just the poor in general, the lower caste. And they called her Desuya Desuyu Sundari, which means beautiful bandit. Um, and she was basically celebrated in most of the Indian mainstream media as a Robin Hood figure who robbed okay. the rich to give to the poor. I mean, um, yeah, she was also, also vengeance seen- against child rapists. You yeah. know, good. Get it, girl. Yeah. Because, you know, she's going through this other women in India are going yeah, through this. So for sure. Now she was also seen as an incarnation or uh, yeah, an incarnation of the Hindu goddess Durga. And okay. A doll was was made of her in a police uniform wearing oh a God. bandolier. So that's amazing. Wow. So full on out there chilling. She done went through all this, a lot of hells. She's probably what, 18 at this point. She's done oh all God. this stuff. She's a bandit. Now she's like a, a, you know, a folk hero. She's doing her do. But she she found a soft place to land. Right. OK. But yeah. A power struggle within the gang began to upend. Oh, when no. former leader Sri Ram Singh uh, was released along with his brother Lala Ram Singh from prison. Now, because they were of a higher caste, they thought that they should be in charge. Okay. So when they joined, the power struggle started going back and forth, and it ended with Sri Ram murdering Vikram, her her oh boyfriend. My God. That so sucks. without Vic- Vikram's protection, right? Sri Ram, what do you think Sri Ram did? Yeah, he raped her. Mm. Yep, and imprisoned her and beat her. Imprisoned her. Yeah, yeah. Did all the terrible things. Yeah, terrible person. And he not only did he do that, but he took her specifically to a village, a remote village of Bimai, uh, Bimai, <laughs> a village to do this, Ugh. where she was raped by members of his cast oh my god he's, these motherfuckers 
Now, in a final indignity, she was forced to collect water for him from the well in the center of town in front of all the villagers completely naked. I hate him so much. Yeah. Now, like with Vikram, when she was uh, repeatedly raped and, and kidnapped, which I'm sure, unfortunately, this is very common for a lot of women. Ugh, um yeah. She she met a guy named uh, so within the group, a guy by the name of Man Singh. Um, she when she escaped. No, actually, I'm sorry. Stymie that. <laughs> Let's rewind. Right. Eventually, she managed to escape with some of the a guy who was just like, OK, this is ridiculous. They, they have you tied up in here and this is ridiculous. So she so a guy who had a little bit of a conscience helped her okay. escape. And when she escaped, That's she nice. met a man by the name of Man Singh. Okay. Um, and the two formed a new gang. Okay. So they became sure. lovers and, okay. you know, they were on the run. Now, the following year, so imagine, imagine she's, this has happened to her. So she had a soft place to land to this asshole came in who should have been her yep. protector as well because right. she's in his gang. Yes. But he said he betrays her by taking her to yep. his, one of his villages where he allowed any guy who wanted to come in could just come in and have his way with her. This just is so terrifying. Many, so many penises to chop off, Lavetta. So it's, little time. It's terrifying, right? Ugh, so, yes. so of course she's burning, and you know she's not one to forget. But also, this is this is inconscionable. This is reprehensible. This is it's, wicked. Yeah, yeah. So she returned. She the following year, she reportedly returned to Baymai with her gang, and on Valentine's Day, for, mm. it's February fourteenth, nineteen eighty one. Mm-hmm. Speaking through a loud hailer, she demanded that the villagers hand over Sri Ram Singh and his brother. Okay. When they wouldn't do it, now reports are that they were away at a a, a local village, another village at a, a wedding. So the oh. town people were like, "They're not here." But her gang went to house house to house looking for them and taking valuables. And when she couldn't find them, uh, she she. When she couldn't find them, 22 of these men from the thick Thakar uh, or Takar, T-H-A-K-U-R, Takar cast were lined up at the Yumana River and shot from behind. Oh, shit. Two survived and 20 died. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. She ain't fucking around. Now, the Baymai massacre uh, led uh, the uh, the the Thakar farmers to pressure Prime Minister Indira Gandhi to impose the rule of law. So later, uh, when Fulan was arrested, she claimed that she was actually not there at the time. And this was corroborated by the evidence by two men who survived, who stated that they had that they didn't lay eyes on her. Um, That a man named Ram. that wasn't her goal. Her goal was. Uh, I mean, she saying? could have given the. It's could. Uh, it's I hard mean, to tell. I mean, honestly, if I was her position, I absolutely would have done that. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I, have done would, innocent people. I would actually kill the men. I'm, I'm looking for the men who looked yeah. at me and touched my body. Goodbye. But she couldn't. You know. She was so angry. And remember, yeah, she was in this fair. place locked up, and anybody from there could come in. Yeah. That's so true. it could have been one. It could it could have been a lot of the twenty two men who were killed too. That's true. Okay, but it was so many that. that she may not even remember. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, but she w- was also possibly not even there. She possibly was not even there. And so the two who survived said that a man named Ram Avtar was giving the orders. But you know, okay. Uh, now, according to journalist Kushwant 
song uh, saying it was Fulon who put the men to death, according to this Ooh. journalist. Um, now, eventually it was clarified that the dead men were seven. There were 17 uh, Thakars, one Muslim, one Dalit and one other um, one other man from a lower class. Now, okay. among members of her cast, she was, again, celebrated uh, because she specifically. So I guess this this interaction of higher caste men specifically abusing and raping and mistreating women from lower caste is it was yeah. an issue. So the yeah. fact that she was getting revenge on these higher caste men was just like, yeah, she was kind of like a female Jesse James type. Listen, I'm okay with it. Honestly, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. Now, again, this is in the rural, like deep, deep country bumpkin kind of places is what we're, we're, we're backwoods is is how we would uh, characterize it in the States just to give people context. Now, the, the killings were so like uh, notorious, honestly, that it prompted the resignation of high ranking officials in the area. OK, um, she was eventually charged in abs- absentia for with 48 crimes, which include kidnapping, looting and 22 counts of murder. Wow. Now, after the massacre, she was uh, she remained on the run for a while and was almost caught in uh, March on March 31st, 1981. So um, about a month and a half later, uh, but she escaped. Um, she basically had to shoot her way out. So it's a lot like wow. Jesse James. So this is yeah. how she became notorious in um, this part of India and in India in general and in the world. Now, again, you feel bad for these people, but then these motherfuckers held her mother what? in prison no. for no. five months. Nope. Mm-mm. Because again, Mm-mm. she's some woman from a lower caste, so yep. who cares, right? Now, Fulan Devi was on the run for nearly two years. Wow. Um, and she surrendered in 1983 after long negotiations by um, with uh, police authorities. And when she finally surrendered, she showed up dressed in a police uniform and still armed with a Mazar rifle. Wow. She bowed before the representations of Durga and Gandhi, then prostrated herself in front of the authorities with 8,000 people watching. What? Who had shown up. This Ooh. is how popular she had become. Dang. Okay. Now, for her surrender, she'd set conditions, including uh, no death penalty for anyone from her gang, a maximum okay. uh, custodial sentence, basically jail of eight years, okay. no use of handcuffs. Um, she wanted to be in prison with her her group, her gang, okay. um, and she wanted to be in prison in Madhya, uh, Madhya Pradesh and not in Uttar Pradesh, um, which is where... Uh, Bemai, because she felt like she'd be mistreated mm. there. Yeah, she would be. She's um, right. Her family, yeah, she's right. Her family being given the land, um, their their land with a space for a goat and a cow, okay. and her brother uh, to get a government job. That doesn't I, sound like. I feel like that's doable. We could do that. You know, she could do that. Now she and so and again, she was embarrassing them because she was on the run, and so this illiterate, dumb, lower caste woman yeah. was outwitting authorities. Mm, yeah, maybe it's maybe lower caste doesn't mean stupid. Okay, yeah. okay. Now she, uh, along with seven of her men, including Ma Singh, uh, surrendered. Mala Sen records that the male journalists. <laughs> Of course, because men are going to be dicks, even the supposedly good ones. Only thing they could focus on was how unimpressed they were with her looks. God, you know what? Fuck you. 
That's Fuck what I. You. How you know what? What do you look like? What do you? They did probably, you brush your they, hair today? I don't even probably, know. Do you shower? I don't know. They probably look like a diseased thumb, as most of these mm. men look like. So like a diseased uh, thumb, Lavetta. That's like a really a good image. Thumb. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you. <welcome. laughs> now in custody, she was charged with forty-two uh, crimes. The gang was in, incarcerated at Guarliar. Uh, now this. Despite their promise of only eight years, she would eventually spend eight years in prison. I mean, uh, 11 years in prison. Oh, total. okay. The other members of her group agreed to trials um, and were all acquitted. Oh. But, because they took a deal. But Right. So they took a deal to go to trial for certain things. And then once they went to trial, they were acquitted. She refused to take a deal at all. Oh. Um, and she was like, well, I wasn't there, so you can't convict me. But. And they're like, yeah, they convicted her of, uh, again, 48 crimes, but there's also other crimes <laughs> yeah. that are coming. So they're like, during, we can, though. Yeah. Yeah. Now, during this time in jail, she was diagnosed with uh, tuberculosis, uh, two Ooh. stomach uh, uh, tumors, um, and she received a hysterectomy without her consent. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yep. So they Fuck can just take that. her uterus. Jesus. Now, while there, she did manage to write her autobiography, I, Fulan Devi. Um, In the end, the charges, some of the charges against her were dropped. um, And that is what led to her being released. Um, And so they were just trying to get her. They were trying to throw the book at her in every which way they can, depending on who's in power, who leaves power. Um, So, but they were dropped in 1994. Now that same year, she married a man by the name of Umed Singh, a fellow Mala from her cast from West Delhi. Okay. Um, After her release from prison, she actually joined a political party. Really? Okay. And ran in general elections and won. What? A seat. Okay. Uh, and the Lok Sabha as a member of parliament in the Uttar, in the Uttar Pradesh uh, province. Listen, you do you. Yes. Change those laws. Now, again, she's still illiterate, pretty much. Right. But you know and what? <laughs> she I mean, she joined other people uh, who also were like, you know, as representation. And of course, she's from a lower uh, cast. So this is also unprecedented that there's actual representation in parliament for this yeah, cast. That's right. Now, yeah. Now during her tenure, she advocated for the rights of women and to provide better amenities for the poor. Um, yep. Again, her own people, the Mala people were very happy to finally have some representation in parliament. Uh, and she was generally popular among the members of the lower, ca- uh, lower cast. Uh, as she was trying to do a lot of uh, a work that would benefit, you know, the marginalized in, in the society. Yeah, we need uh, her. Yeah. She visited uh, villages and listened to their concerns. She was really out there on the front lines trying to help people uh, within the system, basically, instead of being, uh, you know, without on outside of the system as a bandit. Right. Now, also a tactic. Um, yeah. Now she, yeah. Now she had uh, filed appeals for some of these charges, but in 1996 she lost her Supreme Court appeal. Um, um, so because she was trying to get the more serious charges dropped, because she already was in jail for 11 years, so she's like, let's just, you know, let's just get, put this behind me and move on. Now, the following year, um, the court approved a request from Ut- Uttar pra- Pradesh to arraign her on. <laughs> 
charges related to the massacre. So you think this would be over, right? What? No. Okay. Um, she did not attend the court. Uh, and so the widows of the Baymai uh, massacre were outraged as, of course, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, after a series of legal back and forth, the Supreme Court ruled that she did not need to be jailed before the trial. So it's still going ahead, but she doesn't need to okay. be remanded. Because again, she's a member of parliament. She's an yeah. MP. Yeah, she's busy. <laughs> now, she lost her... Um, uh, in 1998, so two years later, she actually lost her seat, but then regained it the following year. So, okay, because it sounds like she was busy focusing on other things. So, well, maybe, yeah. Um, now, on July 25th, 2001, Fulan Devi was shot dead outside her house in New Delhi. Oh. She was shot nine times, and her bodyguard was hit twice. He returned oh fire, God. but the attackers escaped by car. She was rushed to the hospital, but pronounced dead on arrival. And she was only 37 years old. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. And since this she was still a member. Led... Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah. Well, still, I'm almost done here. So she was still holding, she was still a member of parliament. So because of that, all business of both houses of parliament were adjourned for two days. Um, and funeral services took uh, place in Mirzapur. Now, Umed Singh commented, quote, uh, about Fulan Devi after yeah. her death, quote, no one likes it when someone, especially a woman from the lower classes, rises and makes a name for herself, end quote. And this is uh, and then uh, her lawyer goes on to say, quote, this murder is the result of caste conflict, end quote. Wow. So even though all this stuff had done all these these people had done this stuff to her in her retaliation. It's like it, there's an old saying somebody heard and I thought it was so great. And I, I don't know who the famous brilliant person who coined this, but I heard it recently. I thought it was so great. It's like, yeah, if you, if you complain, they say you're difficult. If you don't complain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, Despite her death, the criminal, um, the, the Bay Mai massacre charges against her remained open. Oh, that um, makes sense. What? And it finally came up to to be like it finally came back around to actually go through in 2012. Now she was killed oh. in 2001. Yeah, this is really don't yeah, we have other ways to spend our tax money? You know, it is it is insane. Of the 23 people that were facing charges, 16 of them, including Devi, Fulan Devi, were dead by 2020. Well, of the seven remaining suspects, there were only um, there were on the run. There were only uh, a few three on the run. Um, a verdict as late as as recent as 2020, January 2020, as we were okay. all getting ready to go into quarantine, right. a verdict was expected but was delayed because documents have been lost. You think because it's well, almost a 20 I mean, year, this is, more than can 20 we just years. Like move it along. I don't know. I'm just yeah. The, the last <laughs> witness died in 2021. Um, and since then, the presiding judge had um, had been transferred from the case um, beginning in t 2022. In 2023, this year, another uh -huh. suspect died, leaving only two people who could possibly go on trial. I mean, are we going to are we dragging this out? Are we going to put them on trial? Maybe I just. Yeah. 
I'm now, just saying that there's like other fish to fry. A okay, final maybe. note. Now, days after the murder, a man by the name of Sher Singh Rana was arrested and claimed that he had shot her, saying that the assassination was indeed revenge for the Baymai uh, massacre. Okay. Um, but again, throughout um, India after her death, you know, this her her folklore and the controversy around uh, the film The Bandit Queen had uh, began to sort of spread. There, there's been yeah. several like things made about her. In 1984, actually, there was a film called Fulan Devi and and Bengali that she and her husband uh, reject uh, uh, really objected to like okay. vehemently and very like public because they said it wasn't accurate and things like that. But since then, there's been many like TV shows, series, and again, there was a film called Bandit Queen. Uh, but if you look up Fulan Devi, there's a lot of like sort of IP that has come out of this because her life, really? like you just you were saying earlier, she's lived like four or five lifetimes in one oh, lifetime yeah. at the age of 37. At a very short lifetime, unfortunately. But like, wow, she has been and, through it. Also a lot of trauma. And Bandit Queen, just yes. so you guys know, came out in 1994. But like, also there's a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. just because she's a girl yeah. and just because she's a girl from a poor family, just because she's a girl from a poor family, from a low caste, just, and then also, and this, I mean, yeah. there's trauma being married off to a man in his thirties when you're 11. That's trauma enough, which I that mean, probably happens to probably if you're in a higher caste, they wait to 16 or 18, maybe. I don't know. Right. But it's still, but, you know, I mean, I've heard I've heard that India has changed a lot of their laws and their um, th- when it comes to, to marriages and things. That's it's it's a different, a slightly different world. This is what I have heard um, that it is that it is much better. Um, I hope yeah. that what I have heard is correct. Um, I, know, I know. And I know a lot of good people are fighting for it at, at the yeah, very least. Of course, there's always um, people who are fighting the good fight. And, and uh, yeah. as always, uh, for any of our listeners, if we have gotten something completely wrong, please let us know. You yep. know, a lot of this stuff obviously has been translated into English, so things may have been lost in translation. But I just thought she was a really compelling figure, Fulan Devi. Yeah, she's someone fascinating. Who, yeah, who had so much life success despite being illiterate and having no mm-hmm. um, no privilege, basically. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no privilege in her society. So what she's able to accomplish and then, you know, then also the murder and, you know, but again, I mean, I understand her anger. It, can you imagine? So basically uh, she's been yeah. like Mm-mm. kidnapped and raped two or three times by the time yep. she's 18. That, yeah. Like, like almost anything she ends up doing. I'm like, well, I mean, what did we think would happen? You know, like we got to we got to. That's the thing is like, okay, yeah, jail her. I mean, she committed crimes and that's terrible. But also like, can we talk about society and like why this happened in the first place? You know, like, let's like root of problem this, you know? Yeah, that part. But so again, I mean, I just thought she was a very compelling uh, character. She's indeed a great example of what usually people think about when we say notorious. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so that is Fulan Devi, my notorious Fulan one. Fulan Devi. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, right. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. Uh, remember to log off of social media yeah, for your mental health if it's getting too much. 
um, and also to follow us on all the things. Um, you know, subscribe, download, like, share our podcast with anyone you think who might be interested in this kind of topic. Um, if you have some women you'd like to suggest, please feel free to do so. You can also, uh, Miriam's going to get into our social media, but you can also support the show. Um, like again, uh, like, subscribe, uh-huh. copy the link, copy the link yep. and send yep. it to your friend that you think might like it. Uh, download. Um, that always helps. Give us a five star review. We love, yeah. love, love. That's how you can do it. And all of that is free. But if you also want to yes. give us some money, uh, we will take that as well. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. do that. You can do that by going to our Patreon at P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Notorious Women. And you can support us for as little as $2 a month. You can do $5 a month. You can do $10 a month. Or you can do a one-time donation to help us uh, cover some costs of making this podcast for you every week. And Miriam will tell you in other ways how you can support us and find us. Yeah, so we are on Instagram because everyone's on Instagram, right? Is that how the kids do it these days? I'm not even sure. But we're on Instagram. I think so. so. Notorious Women Podcast. Super easy. Come join us. It's fun over there. Um, You can DM us that or you can also email us uh, at NotoriousWMPod at gmail.com. Um, and we're also on TikTok because we're cool like that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's also Notorious Women Podcast on TikTok. So mm-hmm. come find us, like us, talk to us, all the things. All and the that things. is that. Yeah. And thank you again for uh, listening to us. Listen to us to badass bitches. Uh, okay. All hail the bitches. Uh, all hail the bitches. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, more importantly, take care of yourselves. Um, yeah. I know we, we tend to try and keep it light and funny and informative, but, you know, we also are human beings living in this world and take care of yourselves. Uh, hopefully uh, our podcast can can offer some solace and some distraction. Um, but just in general, if you need to take a break, it's OK. You are not going to solve everything by yourself online by going crazy okay so this is for you miriam you know i'm looking at you i know i'm like but you guys listen to levetta she's so helpful she's got me through this week like a lot so like you're the best yeah oh i i appreciate that so are you my dear and so are you our audience but yes again that wraps it up for this episode all the love all the love all the love so that wraps it up for this episode of notorious women and we will see you guys next week thank you bye bye